Well, if you've been around a while, you're, you're fairly familiar with um, our involvement with Care Portal. So Care Portal is kind of this collaboration, connection of network of churches in St. Joe and really around the country um, that enter into a partnership with uh, the local children's division. So for us, it's, it's Buchanan and Andrew County and those children's division workers that are on the front lines of families in crisis each day um, can access um, this network called Care Portal. They could send email requests of families in need, and we have the opportunity to enter into those. Many of you guys have gotten those emails um, from Sam. and um, So I'm kind of the, the pastoral ambassador for this area, so I'm recruiting other churches, and, and Sam is in charge of the, the point people at each church in our community. So she has regular meetings with those folks, and I just wanted to give her an opportunity for just a few minutes here at the start of our, our time this morning um, just to share uh, a, a little bit about what the last years looked like with Care Portal, and then there's also just some just some personal stories of some families that she's connected with that I think will encourage you. So Sam's going to come on up. Let's give it up for Sam. Not really. It's on. Okay, sorry. I'm not really a fan of being clapped for. So, um, so yes, do it again, please. Yes, yeah. Anyways, um, so at this time, we currently have eight care portal churches that are active in the Andrew and Buchanan County um, region, and we're hopeful, like, within the next month to bring about three or four of them um, on. And in our county, we kind of do things way different than other counties. Um, Care portal's model is every church doing a little, and so really what they think is, like, when you send out a request, the church would, like, we'll handle that. Um, It'll be wellsprings and go on, but really what in our county kind of happens is we do a little bit, First Lutheran does a little bit, like on each one, um, there's very few that like we have handled all by ourselves, um, or that any church is really handled by themselves. So, um, and then also, it's really awesome in our county, we've actually opened up to the school district as well, so social workers can submit um, requests as well to hopefully get on that preventative side. Um, so, I wanted to share the statistics with you, and this is from actually the beginning of um, August 2016, but in, from August to December, we had like four um, requests, so really it's 2018. Um, so since then, we've had 80 requests that have came through the technology, and 63 of them have been answered. Um, so that seemed like a wide gap there, but really the other ones that closed, there was very few that we didn't respond to. It was that um, the case had closed because the family had moved out of county or they had found other resources or like a family member had stepped in to help them or something of that nature. So um, so with that, 151 kids in our community have been touched out of those 63 requests. And um, Care Portal does this thing, like when the caseworker submits the requests, they have to give like an estimated amount of money that they think it will cost um, or if it actually does cost that, if it's like a cash request or whatever. So they call that like the economic... Um, what is it called? Sorry. (laughs) Economic impact. So like what it would have cost this family. Um, So out of those 63 requests, the overall economic impact for our community that's been met is $57,268. Like, wow. Um, And then for Wellspring alone in that we have answered 40 of those requests and been a part of 40 of those requests. Um, So we have helped serve 93 children in our counties. And then so our economic impact has been $25,519. So if we were at Food for Kids right now, Ms. Sheila would say, let's give a hand clap to God. So I just feel like we need to like just really give a hand clap to God because that's awesome, guys. Like... (laughs) We have done so much, um, just like 
let God work through us in that. Um, so I wanted to stop and just kind of say thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, the amazing support that all of you give. My problem when I send out emails is usually I have a flood of people to send back of like, hey, sorry, this has already been met, but uh, can I catch you next time? So um, I just don't know how to really uh, express like my gratitude and just like I've had this front row seat to see everything where you guys are just getting my emails, but I like get to see the people that are helping and the people who um, we are helping and it's just been like super awesome. So I'm just overwhelmed by God and just everything that he's doing with this ministry and I just want to say thank you. Um, and then, so one of my favorite requests so far came in this last December. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but um, it was a mama. She had seven kiddos, her and her husband. Um, they had just had a premature baby who was in Children's Mercy, and they needed a car seat, and I can't even remember everything, a bassinet, and basically a family member. They were living with a family member, and they had kicked them out um, and then threw everything away when they kicked them out, so they had nothing. So you have a mom and dad, seven kids under the age of seven, nothing, and a kid in Children's Mercy. Um, so, and oh, by the way, it was two and a half weeks before Christmas, so like nothing, and it sucks because the dad has this great job, so they don't qualify for any assistance in our county because he has, he's doing what he's supposed to do and taking care of his family. Um, so with this family, man, it was awesome, and that was another one I joked at a meeting of, like, I only think, like, probably Joel Olstein's church would have been able to provide everything. The one, <laughs> like, a mega church would have had to handle this, but everybody came in. Um, we had multiple families from Wellspring, multiple families from other churches, and um, so she's just overwhelmed by, she, they got more than they asked for, like, groceries, a bassinet. Um, when we had, we have all these babies in our church who have outgrown things, so they donated all of that. Um, we've had the formula donate, I mean, everything that you can imagine. And then one of the Care Portal churches um, actually adopted them for Christmas. So the kids were all able to get new outfits and toys and stuff for Christmas. So it's been really great to see that. And then, so that's really awesome, like, on the business side. But, like, more importantly, I don't know what it was, but I just, like, felt this connection with her. And she's, like, one of my great, great friends now. Um, I don't know we talk every single day, just how are you doing, and um, checking in on her, and so we, I took her out to lunch, and I was able, like, she shared her story, and then I was able to share my story, and we have family who know each other, and it's just crazy how, um, you know, we live in this big St. Joe, but really we're a small town, so all these connections that we have, and um, I was just really humbled, because Christmas break was, like, really hard for me, and <laughs> I thought that, uh, you know, when you go to serve people, it's about you serving them. Like, you're not supposed to get anything back. But really, like, she's just prayed for me a ton and, like, checks in on me all the time. And I just wouldn't have that if we didn't have this ministry. So I just think it's really awesome that I feel like I have a lot of blessings. And um, she doesn't really have a lot, but she's the one who wants to pour out into me. Um, so it's just really cool that that has happened. So, whew. I always cry, so just get used to that. Um, so I also just wanted to say, like, it's so incredible about Care Portal because this ministry, like, I don't see that there's any limits on it, and, like, it affects everyone, and no one, it's not just, like, your thing if, like, you want to do this or whatever. It's, like, everyone has some place to be in this conversation, um, and it's just really exciting for me that we're entering into it, and it's, like, we're just going. Um, so for the last year we've started, there's three tiers in Care Portal, and 
we've been doing the um, tier one, which is the physical needs, and that's like a bed, helping with dressers, clothing, things of that nature, food. Um, but we're working into the tier two, which that like is a relational piece. And that really jazzes me up because that relationship is huge for me because I know like that's how God saved me from my pit is through relationships of other people. Um, so this will be like, you will get emails of, hey, we have a kid who needs a mentor or we have a kid who needs a tutor or um, we have a child that... Um, there's like supervised visits that could take place. So you would go and meet the family and just basically watch them visit to make sure it's in a safe environment and things of that nature. Um, so I'm like super jazzed about this of just like what God is going to do with that. And I can't wait like next year when we're sharing the stories of all the different relationships that were made through that. Um, and then I just like, so that's where we're going. And I also just wanted to challenge you of like, I'm such good friends with like the social workers and hearing um, they're like on the front lines every single day and these statistics that we hear of like all these millions of people in poverty or these millions of people that are hungry, um, they like know those numbers, but then they also know like that's Johnny and this is his story. Um, so I just ask like if you could weekly just be praying for the social workers at Children's Division and then also um, in the school district because they are warriors and they need all the prayer that they can get because they are fighting a daily battle. Um, and then also I just want to continue to challenge you of continue to answer the emails. And then also when you're going, like, just be open to whatever God has for you um, of, like, maybe you need to start up a conversation because it's really awkward. But start something and just see kind of what happens and what God works with that. And then um, if you are interested in receiving the Tier 2 emails, there's, like, a deeper so, like, the tier one of physical things, well, we're going to cast that wide still. But tier two, it's just people who are interested in really going there because we know only certain people kind of have that on their heart to really open up that relationship. So if you're interested in that, just get in contact with me. And then if you're not receiving the emails, on the bottom of your bulletin, just put your um, email on there and then put it in the offering box, and then I'll add you to the list so that you can start getting that. Um, and I just want to, again, just thank you so much Um you guys are really, really generous, and it's just awesome to get to see, like, you're really imitating Jesus, and you're really trying to, like, really live out your faith and not just come on Sundays. Um, you're really doing what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. So just thank you so much. Uh, you guys are rock stars. I don't know, you know, how many of you know Sam, um, but our church is a better place because she's here. And because she lives in that house and um, invests her life um, in the kids and, and neighbors that we have around here. And, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the boss, so I get to walk alongside her through all the ups and downs of that. And it is hard, um, not only when you're hearing the stories of the kids that she's interacting with, but, you know, as she's fostered and brought kids into her um, home as well and into her life, um, it's just difficult. It is not easy. And so I just encourage you guys really to, to be praying for Sam, to be encouraging her any chance you get because, um, you know, the enemy's hot after her, wanting to discourage her and wear her out and all those things too. And so we're just super grateful that she's here and leading us um, in a lot of ways. So um, I'm also, I would love your prayers this next week. I'm going to be traveling with Care Portal to Chicago to meet with the founders of an organization called Safe Families which um, Safe Families was created to be kind of a, an in-between step before foster care. So um, 
the families that sign up to be safe families, um, the, the, the process isn't quite as deep as fostering um, the requirements, I guess. Um, and then the families that are, that are giving their kids up for a season um, do that voluntarily. So the safe families, families are not being paid, and the, the family that's um, giving their kids to that system for a while um, can take those kids back at any time. Um, but basically what happens while that kid is in the, the home of a safe family, those parents are receiving some counseling, um, some mentoring to try to just make sure that they're addressing the issues in their life to, to, so that the kids come back into a, a more healthy and safe environment. And I've got personal friends that have done this, been a safe family in Chicago and have seen some pretty amazing things. So we're going to Illinois to talk about bringing that to Missouri and Kansas. There's going to be some state officials from both those states there talking about that. If you think about it, obviously it's going to save the state a lot of money, not having to put kids into foster care, pay foster parents, all those things. So it's really a great opportunity. So I'm super excited to to share with you guys today. I don't think I've spoken since Christmas Eve, so it's been a little bit. Um, But I've got some things I want to share with you today. Um, So um, I want to start with this, is that the more that I've read the Gospels and and the stories and the life and the ministry of Christ... um, I see that, that his life is a study in balancing seemingly competing tensions. So we follow a Savior who possessed this perfect blend of invitation and challenge. We see times in the ministries and the stories about him where we see him attracting great crowds. Mainly because of, of the healing that he was doing, the, the teaching that he was doing, the miracles that he was doing, and, and the provision that he was providing for people, you know, feeding them miraculously, all those things. So we see times where the crowds are coming and people are drawn to Christ. We see other times where the exact opposite happens. There's a large crowd there, and they start to dwindle away, usually on the heels of some difficult teaching that Jesus gave about what it means to count the cost of following him. So we see this swelling and this, and this contracting of the crowds over time and this balance of invitation and challenge. And out of the mouth of one Savior came what seems like kind of competing messages. So the first slide I want to share with you is from Matthew 16, 24, when Jesus said this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's a challenge, isn't it? He says we must deny ourselves. It's not an option. And I can share with you many other verses that quote Jesus challenging his followers to put into action what they say they believe. Things that many of you guys are familiar with about how he talks about loving your enemy and praying for them. About how we're supposed to forgive our brothers 70 times, 7 times. About how we're supposed to enter in um, to, to families in crisis and, and take in the widow and the orphan to invite in the stranger to hate our earthly family if it means that they're getting in the way of our devotion and our commitment to follow Christ. And we've all heard those verses, and it could have the effect on us of having a little bit of anxiety of wondering, man, can I live up to that standard? That is challenging. And we might even question if we're cut out for this discipleship stuff sometimes, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But in the midst of, of those incredibly you know, challenging things that Jesus would say, he would turn right around and say something that would seem just kind of almost the opposite. 
Like what he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Invitation, right? Come to me. To his disciples, he said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He said, let the little children come to me. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He said, let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And when we hear those verses, we have to acknowledge that we have this Savior who's unbelievably kind and is the hardest to provide for us, to give us whatever it is that we need. You can take that down. So we all walk in this ongoing tension, and maybe balance is a better word, of being fully devoted followers of Christ, which demands that we obey some really challenging commands while also at the same time living underneath this unbelievable umbrella of grace that says to us, hey, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you everything that you need so that you can live out those commands I have for you and so that they won't feel like a burden. John sums it up very well in, in 1 John 5, 3. He said this. He said, in fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. So that says to me that when we feel like his commands are burdensome, that we're not understanding them right. There's something that we're missing there in in the way that Jesus wants to go about carrying out the things that he has for us. Why am I saying all of this? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. So at the beginning of each calendar year, usually I will kind of lay out, hey, here's some things that I feel like God has been pressing on us, maybe through conversations with our staff of of the direction that we feel like we need to head in in the next year. And if you remember a year ago about this time for 2017, we had kind of three big goals that we we wanted to accomplish in this year. One of those is that we wanted to have a class um, for kind of some financial planning for families. And so last spring, DJ Brooks um, led us through Financial Peace University, some of you that took advantage of that. So, so we accomplished that. Um, a second goal for us was we wanted to host a men's encounter here in Missouri. We'd had guys traveling to Oklahoma for a couple of years, and, and so we did that as well. Back in November, we had over 35 men take part in that weekend, which was a lot of work for a lot of guys, and, and it was just a great deal. Um, the third goal that we had was that I challenged you guys uh, to go deeper in the arenas of adoption and foster care. We wanted to have 10 families sign up for that and, and move in that direction, and we accomplished that as well. Um, and to be honest with you guys, 2017 was kind of like a banner year for Wellspring. I mean, we've been at this now about 11 years, and I can't remember another year where we've accomplished so much. And as we've met with our staff, we had a Christmas party a couple weeks ago with our board and staff together, and the word, really the only word that I can use to describe what this season has been like for us is just overwhelming. It really is just unbelievable what God is doing here. 
Because in addition to those three goals that we had, God did so much more than that. We started this wraparound team, which is now about 20 adults, to care for those families when they bring those kids home. Um, that has just been so encouraging. Um, our neighborhood impact has continued to grow. We started uh, Brittany and Sam have been hanging out with kids on Thursday and some of their volunteers and then serving dinner here in the basement. There's been about 20 to 25 kids a week, and a lot of you guys come and cook food for them. Um, that's exciting, man. And that just continues to grow. We have more people involved in deep community, whether that's doing storyline or small groups than we've ever had before. Financially, our, our giving year this past year was, was strong, again, which is just allows us to, for this next year, hire on uh, Zach Miller to come in uh, when he graduates in June, and he'll do middle school and high school, and, and to take that deeper and expand our ministry there. You heard a lot about Wellspring uh, in, our, in terms of our involvement with Care Portal, um, and that continues to go well and is excited. We've given away more money than we ever have to individuals and ministries in this past year. And I'm sure that I'm missing a lot of other things. But the bottom line, guys, is there is just a ton to celebrate. And I am a horrible celebrator. And even I can see, man, we ought to be really excited about this. There's some great stuff going on. And so I want to tell you guys that I hope you guys feel really proud about some steps forward that we've taken as a church body. Guys, this, this is not normal. This is like a season of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this body, and, and that should be something that y'all celebrate. Don't miss that. And so I've been thinking about 2018 and praying for direction moving forward for us. And, and a couple weeks ago, I was driving and, uh, and praying about that, and I was in the left-hand turn lane by by, I can just turn, turn like this, by Walgreens, because we're heading that way now, right? You're with me? Okay. I'm past LeBlonde, right? And I'm in the turn lane. I'm getting ready to turn north onto the belt. I know you're all thinking, well, he's going to Panera. Don't think that. Okay? <laughs> just turning left on the belt. And this question pops into my head. And the question was this. Are you getting fat and happy? And I really feel like the question was really kind of directed for me, not literally fat, okay? But um, for somebody with my personality that's, that's really driven and um, doesn't really like to sit still very much, like I'm just kind of like, what's the next hill uh, to conquer? The idea of complacency, like really doesn't sit well with me. And so this idea that we would step off the gas when there's momentum and just kind of coast for a while. You know, I'm, I'm the guy during the Chiefs game when we're up by two touchdowns that's saying, throw it, score more, you know? No lead is big enough, you know? Keep going. And so that's this tension that I feel kind of heading into this next year for us, honestly, is like, man, there's a lot of great things being done. We've conquered and taken a lot of ground, but I'm just not sure that we're done, and, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm wrestling with that. Because here's the truth that I know, as a church, you know that's whatever, 250, 300 adults, is that even in this year that we've just had of unprecedented growth and depth in a lot of ways, there are still, there's still a segment of people out there in the crowd here this morning that really aren't that engaged in what we're doing. There's a segment of you, maybe because you're new, maybe because this whole being a Christian thing is new. You're not really engaged in service here. You're not really engaged in small groups or community or relationships beyond just Sunday morning. 
And there's, there's some courageous steps forward for you to, to dig in this next year. So really for you, for some of you guys out here, I just hope that you kind of jump into what's already happening and experience some of those things at a deeper level. Because when you do, then when we stand up here at the end of 2018 and share some things that have gone on, you'll be celebrating a lot more than you might be today. Because you know you've been a part of that. And you can look back and see where God has brought you. And that's going to be encouraging and exciting to you. And so if you're at that place today where you're kind of like, yeah, i kind of been here, but I'm really not connected, I'm not engaged, I'm not serving, I'm not, when you talk about these things, I don't really know what you're talking about. Like, let us know as a staff. We want to help you get connected. So that's some of you. Others of you took some significant steps forward in some way. Um, and you got involved at, at levels maybe you never have before. Um, but you sense God saying, let's go deeper. You know, there's some momentum in your spiritual life, and, and God wants to seize that and say, hey, come on, we can do more. And I think, you know, the next step for a lot of us in that sometimes is really not so much what, what we do as much as we say, hey, friend, maybe friend that's kind of been on the sidelines a little bit, I want you to come and do this with me. God's doing some great things. I want you to experience that. I want you to come and serve with me at the guest house or answer this care portal request with me or be a mentor when those requests start coming out. Or maybe you say, friend, you know what? I've been involved in this small group and it has really changed me and transformed me and I've gotten some healing in my life. And listen, I know you well enough because we've shared life together that I know you've got some brokenness that, that needs to be healed in you too. Can you want to come with me? And let's see if we can get some momentum going in your life as well. And so I want to challenge you guys that maybe have engaged in that stuff to start casting your net a little wider, looking around you and saying, man, who else needs to experience what I've been experiencing here that's been exciting for me? I love this quote I came across recently from a, I've been reading this book um, by Tim Keller uh, called Hidden Christmas. It's kind of a, an Advent book. And he had a quote in there by this 19th century British bishop named J.C. Ryle, and this was the quote. If you can put that up there. Do you have that? Don't have it. All right, anyways, so here we go. You can just listen, okay? He said this. He said, there are thousands of men and women who go to churches and chapels every Sunday and call themselves Christians. Their names are in the baptismal register. They are reckoned Christians while they live. They are married with a Christian marriage service. They are buried as Christians when they die. But you never see any fight about their religion. Of spiritual strife and exertion and conflict and self-denial and watching and warring, they know, they know literally nothing at all. Such Christianity is not the Christianity of the Bible. It is not the religion which the Lord Jesus founded and his apostles preached. True Christianity is a fight. And in the year ahead, I'm sure that there are a fair amount of you that would acknowledge that you need to fight a little bit harder. Maybe you need to fight a little bit harder in the area of personal growth and development. You see some inconsistencies in your character that you know God wants to transform and you need to lean in that more whether that's praying more about it, memorizing scripture, inviting community and friendship, probably all of those things. Or maybe you see the ministries that you're involved in and you know, I need to fight a little bit more for families in crisis, for my friends who are serving in foster care, whatever it might be. 
And if that's the season that you're in and, and there's this passion and hunger welling up in you and your spirit as you discuss those possibilities, I want to encourage you to dig in. And I want to encourage you to find somebody else that you see running that race, whatever race that is that you're like, that, that's the lane God's calling me into. Find somebody who's running that race well and link up with them and say, hey, I want to learn from you. Can you teach me how to do that? I see you doing it well. What do I have to learn from you? Can you, can you take me along on the ride with you? And for others of you, and I want to communicate this with as much compassion as I can muster, because I'm not very compassionate. You hear about all this going on, all the stuff we've talked about today, and you hear that our faith journey ought to look like a fight. And you can acknowledge that with your head. Yeah, that's true. I know that's how it ought to be. But if you're honest today, you're just really kind of worn out and tired. Life, for some of you, has maybe knocked you around a little bit lately. And honestly, really more than anything this morning, you just feel kind of discouraged and weary and wounded. And to you, I want you to hear the invitation of the Savior saying, come. If that's where you are, he's saying to you this morning, not all this stuff that you have to do, but he's saying, come. Come to me. And you will find rest for your souls. Come to me and eat. Come to me and drink. Let me care for you and bind up your wounds today. You don't have to do anything for Jesus in order to have his complete acceptance and admiration. And I want you to hear that. And if that's where you are today, then your goal moving forward from here for the next weeks, months, however long that takes, is, is maybe just trying to be consistent in the word. We're consistent in community with other people. We're consistent in counseling. In receiving from God all that he wants to provide for you to remind you who you are. And hopefully one day to get you up and running again. And that's okay if that's where you are. And church, we need to communicate that to folks that that's okay, and, and do the best we can to rally around them and encourage and support them and not make them feel guilty for what they're not doing. Does that make sense? There's a season and a time for everything. I went back and read back through Ecclesiastes, you know, chapter 4, a time for this, a time for that, you know. And I don't sense a huge need to do anything new in 2018. I just sense God seeing deeper. We came up a, a couple weeks ago, those of you there were there at our kind of New Year's Eve service, and we wrote on a rock a word or a phrase to kind of stick with us for 2017, and, and that was my word for 2017. I wrote the word deeper on my rock, because I really felt like in a lot of ways God took me to deep places this past year. So what does deeper look like for you? Deeper in service? Deeper in community? 
deeper in healing, deeper in reflection, deeper in repentance, deeper in our appreciation for the work and ministry of Christ in our life. My ultimate prayer for all of us, guys, is that we would know Christ more. Because when we make that pursuit our primary goal, then at the proper time, he'll lead us to accomplish whatever it is that he has set out for us. So what does deeper look like for you? If the Holy Spirit's not saying something to you right now, then I want to encourage you at another time today before you go to bed to really sit down and ask that question. I don't throw this stuff out here (laughs) so that you'll just walk out and not think about it anymore. I'm asking you, what does it look like? Where do you sense God saying, we need to go deeper here? I long for all of us to have a season of sweet communion with Christ. And the reason why I put the word deeper on there, part of the reason for me in 2017 was that I've just been in this season where it's like all of my senses are kind of heightened. And, And every time I'm in the word or reading something or in community with people, it's just like God is just like overwhelming me with truth about who he is, about who I am, and opening up things in the scripture that's hitting me at just deep levels. And, and also in this book, there was a, a Methodist pastor that, that was talking about this. This guy's from the 18th century, so we just keep going back in, in time here. But it's this British Methodist minister that's describing a season like that in his life. And he said this. He says, almost every week and sometimes almost every day, the pressure of his great love comes down on my heart in such a measure as to make my whole being, soul and body, groan beneath the strain of the almost unsupportable plethora of joy. And yet amid this fullness, there is a hunger for more. He has unlocked every apartment of my being and filled and flooded them all with the light of his radiant presence. The spot before untouched has been reached, and all its flintiness is melted in the presence of Jesus, the one altogether Lovely. I want you to open your Bibles up with me real quickly to Matthew chapter 7. It's page 881. So we're at this place where Pastor Bob has asked you to go deeper. Right? And what is it? What does deeper look like for you? And so we said, what is next? And how do I go about doing that? And here's my encouragement to you. Look at verse 7 of Matthew 7. Here's a good place to start. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks the door will be opened. You understand that these are promises, right? This will happen. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. God wants nothing more than to answer your prayers about going deeper with him. 
He is so anxious and ready to do that. Do you know how, many, how few people that he created in this world are actually doing that? He's sitting around thinking, man, anybody who's coming to me asking, seeking, and knocking, I'm going to pour it out. Man, I'm just dying for people to come and do that in the midst of all the distractions and all the crap we give ourselves to. He can't wait to answer that prayer. It's very obvious the path God has for us as a church. Kind of our unique calling and identity, the the lanes that we run in, right? We're a church that values community. And going deeper with our fellow pilgrims and safe and vulnerable small groups. We're a church that values investing in young adults. And so we're going to continue encouraging and supporting Young Life and um, our summer internship program that we do in the campus ministries at Mo West and Northwest that we've helped come alongside. And we're going to go deeper with our middle and high school students in this next year. We're a church that values investing in our neighbors. And we're going to continue to provide hospitality to, to families and kids in this Edison neighborhood and continue to do things through the guest house. We're a church that cares for vulnerable children. And so Care Portal and fostering and adopting are continue to be a heartbeat for us. And I just want to share something encouraging with you. When we go back to that uh, comment I made that financially this has been a good year for us. As a board, we're, we're setting aside, uh, we're starting with $10,000. So any family in this next year that, that goes down the path of adoption, we're, we're committing to you that we're going to give you $2,000 to help you get on your way. And if we have more, um, we'll give you more. And so we're in your corner financially if that's the path that you're heading on. And you can talk more, talk to me more about that if you're interested in that. But, but guys, that's, that's who we are as a church, these things that I've just listed, and that's who we're going to continue to be, okay? And so this morning, I want you to think about, if you think about it in terms of kind of a spectrum of invitation and challenge, where do you find yourself today? Maybe some of you guys are at a place where you're just like, man, the invitation of Jesus to come, whew, I need that. And maybe you need to sit for a season in just that invitation side of this spectrum. For some of you guys are like, man, I'm pretty connected, I'm feeling pretty excited, and I'm ready for a new challenge, then, then man, dig in here and go deeper on the challenge side. And know that throughout the year, there's going to be times when those are going to vacillate or through seasons of life where, man, you're running hard for a while, but man, now you need to rest. Or maybe you've been resting for a while, and now it's like, man, I'm ready to run. And have some wisdom about where you are in that. Don't try to be somebody that you're not in those seasons. Invite some other people around you to say, hey, where do you think I am on this? Because sometimes we can think, oh, I'm doing great. I'm ready to take the next hill. And your friends are all just like, man, you are driving me insane. And you're like really moody and grumpy and you need to rest. And so let me take you off the treadmill and put you over here for a while, right? We need friends that will say that to us sometimes. Sometimes we need friends to say, you know what? It's time to get off your butt and get going. Right? We need those friends too. Brad Durham will help be that guy for you. <laughs> Just a few blocks away, right? He can help you out. So, hey guys, thanks so much uh, for joining us this morning. Um, the fun thing about the start of a new year is always wondering a year from now what we're going to be saying. What God is going to have done, what he's going to change in us, how we're going to look more like Jesus, um, and how maybe you have been a part of some of the stories that we're going to share. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. 
Um, God, thank you for using us and, and allowing us to be a part of your team and your redemptive work in this world. Um, it really is 